Section 5 of Days on the Road, Crossing the Plains in 1865 by Sarah Raymond Herndon. Sunday, June 4th. We are organized into a company of 45 wagons. A captain and orderly sergeant have been elected, and hereafter we will travel by a system. Mr. Hardenbrook is our captain. He has gone on this trip before. He is taking his wife and little girl with him to Montana. A Mr. Davis is our orderly sergeant. We are now coming into a country infested with Indians, so it is required by government officials that all emigrants must organize into companies of from 40 to 60 wagons, elect captains, and try to camp near each other for mutual protection. The grass for stock is unlimited. About 20 of the wagons in our train are freight wagons, belonging to the Walker brothers, Joe and Milt. Joe has his wife with him. Milt is a bachelor. Their sister, Miss Lighty, and a younger brother, D, are with them. They are going to Montana. We have been introduced to Mr. and Mrs. Hardenbrook and to the Walkers and their ladies. They are pleasant, intelligent people and will add much to the pleasure of our party, no doubt. Frank and I went horseback riding this afternoon to the station to get some good water from the well. I cannot drink the river water. No public worship today, although there were so many of us here. Monday, June 5th. We were awakened at an early hour this morning with a bugle call. Three companies were organized yesterday, there were about 20 wagons that were not asked to join either party, so they pulled up stakes and left while Frank and I were away. The strange women were of the party. They must be some miles ahead by this time, and I hope they will stay ahead. When our long train of wagons are stretched out upon the road, we make a formidable-looking outfit for the Indians to attack as far as the eye can reach before us and behind us there are wagons 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 some drawn by oxen some by mules and some by horses all fall into the slow sure gait of the oxen there are whole freight trains drawn by oxen there are more ox teams than all others after our evening meal a number of us started for a stroll along the bank of the river. Before we reached the river, we were met by a perfect cloud of mosquitoes that literally drove us back. I never came so near being eaten up. There is a strong breeze blowing toward the river, which keeps them from invading the camps, for which I am thankful. Otherwise, there would be little rest or sleep for us tonight. They are the first mosquitoes we have seen on the road. Tuesday, June 6th. It is sweet to be awakened with music, if it is only a bugle. Our bugle certainly makes sweet music. The road is becoming very dry and dusty, which makes riding in the wagon rather disagreeable sometimes. Mother and I take turns driving the horses and riding Dick, rather the most of the time i ride dick one of our boys goes out with the herders at night so one of them is generally sleepy 
and sleeps during the day while the other drives the ox team the order of our going wednesday june seventh there is such a sameness in our surroundings that we seem to be stopping in the same place every night with the same neighbors in front and back of us and across the corral when we organized mr kerfoot's wagons were driven just in front of ours and mr morrison's just behind ours so we have the same next-door neighbors only they have changed places we are in the central part of the left-hand side of the corral the wagons occupied by the walkers and hardenbrooks are just opposite in the right-hand side of the corral we always stop in just this way if only for an hour at noon which we do every day for lunch and to water the stock when we halted today the rain began to pour the stock scattered in every direction when it stopped raining the cattle could not all be found in time to start again this afternoon so we only made half a day's drive it has commenced raining again and promises a rainy night it is not very pleasant camping when it rains yet it would be much more unpleasant if it did not rain to lay the dust refresh the atmosphere and make the grass grow when the captain finds a place for the corral he rides out where all can see him and gives the signal the first and central wagons leave the road the first to drive to where the captain stands the other and all behind it cross over a sufficient distance to form the corral by the wagon stopping so as to form a gateway for the stock to pass through turned so that they will not interfere with each other when hitching the next wagon drives to position with the right hand side of cover almost touching the left hand or back outer edge of the wagon in front with tongues of wagons turned out so that all can be hitched to at one time in this way the entire corral is formed meeting at the back an oblong circle forming a wall or barrier the cattle cannot break through the horses are caught and harnessed outside the corral but the cattle have to be driven inside to be yoked thursday june eighth it rained all night seemingly without cessation the wind did not blow so there was no harm but lots of good done i am glad when the rain comes in the night time instead of daytime where the beds touched the covers they were quite wet this morning friday june ninth we came through a little town valley city there is a very pretty attractive looking house near the road cash and i had come on ahead of wagons our inclination to enter that pretty home was irresistible so we dismounted took off our habits hitched our ponies and knocked at the door a very pleasant lady opened the door and gave us hearty welcome we told her frankly why we came she laughed and said i have had callers before with the same excuse but you need not apologize i am glad my home is attractive to strangers the gentleman of the house is postmaster and has his office in the room across the hall from the parlor 
while we were there the coach arrived and the mail was brought in he did not know we were there and called to his wife to come see this mail we went with her and oh such a mess they had emptied the mail sack on some papers that had been spread upon the floor and such a lot of dilapidated letters and papers i never saw before i picked up a photograph of an elderly lady but we could not find the envelope from which it had escaped perhaps some anxious son away out in the mines far from home and friends and mother will look in vain for mother's pictured face and be so sadly disappointed i am so sorry for the boy that will miss getting his mother's photograph she looks like such a sweet motherly mother a great many of the letters were past saving if the owners had been there they could not have deciphered either address or the written contents for they were only a mass of pulp the postmaster said it was because they send such old leaky mailbags on this route those post office folks seem to think any old thing will do for the west when we ought to have the very best and strongest because of the long distances they must be carried all that could be were carefully handled and spread out to dry still they would reach their destination in a very dilapidated condition we have made a long drive are within four miles of fort kearney there are a great many wagons within sight besides our own long train whichever way we look we can see wagons the road from kansas city comes into this road not far from valley city and there are as many or more coming that way as the way we came people leaving war-stricken missouri no doubt i have never seen a fort i do hope kearney will come up to my expectations fort kearney saturday june tenth i was disappointed in fort kearney as i so often am in things i have formed an idea about there are very comfortable quarters for the soldiers they have set out trees and made it quite a pretty place away out here in the wilderness but there is no stockade or place of defense with mounted cannon as i had expected sim and i rode horseback through the fort while the wagons kept the road half a mile north of the fort only a few of us came by way of the fort a soldier gave us a drink of water from a well by the wayside he seemed a perfect gentleman but had such a sad expression we were told that these soldiers were in the confederate service were taken prisoners confined at rock island and enlisted in the government service to come out here and fight indians they are from georgia and alabama two families have joined our train and come into corral on the opposite side just behind the walkers mr and mrs kennedy a newly married couple and mr and mrs bower with a daughter fourteen and son five we only came one and a half miles west of the fort near kearney city i do not understand why we have made such a short drive for the boys say the feed is not good it has been eaten off so close
Sunday, June 11th. We were obliged to leave camp and travel today, the first Sunday we have hitched up since we started. It was a case of necessity, as there was not feed for our large herds of cattle and horses. We made only a short drive, just to get good feed for the stock. We are camping near a station that must seem like a military post. There are so many soldiers. Several soldiers came to our camp this afternoon. They confirmed what we heard yesterday. They are Confederate soldiers. They were prisoners, and their homes are in far away Georgia and Alabama. And they are desperately homesick. It is a distressing sickness. I have been so homesick that I could not eat or sleep, and a cure was not effected until I was at home again. Then how nice it did seem to be home, and how good everything tasted. I do hope this cruel, homicidal war will soon be over, and these fine-looking southern gentlemen will be permitted to go to their homes and loved ones who, no doubt, are waiting and longing for their return. My heart aches for them. Eleven Graves Monday, June 12th We stood by the graves of eleven men that were killed last August by the Indians. There was a sort of bulletin board about midway and at the foot of the graves stating the circumstances of the frightful tragedy. They were a party of fourteen, twelve men and two women, wives of two of the men. They were camped on Plum Creek, a short distance from where the graves are. They were all at breakfast except one man who had gone to the creek for water. He hid in the brush, or there would have been none to tell the tale of the massacre. There had been no depredations committed on this road all summer, and emigrants had become careless and traveled in small parties. They did not suspect that an Indian was near until they were surrounded and the slaughter had commenced. All the men were killed and scalped, and the women taken prisoners. They took what they wanted of the provisions, burned the wagons, and ran off with the horses. The one man that escaped went with all haste to the nearest station for help. The soldiers pursued the Indians, had a fight with them, and rescued the women. One of them had seen her husband killed and scalped, and was insane when rescued and died at the station. The other woman was the wife of the man that escaped. They were from St. Joe, Missouri. Ezra had quite an accident today. He went to sleep while driving the family wagon. He was on guard last night. The horses brought the wheel against a telegraph pole with a sudden jerk that threw him out of his seat and down at the horse's heels, a sudden awakening with a badly bruised ankle. We are in the worst place for Indians on all this road. The bluffs come within half a mile on our left and hundreds of savages could hide in the hollows. The underbrush and willows are dense along the river banks. There is an island about a mile in length that comes so near this side in many places that a man could leap from bank to bank. 
the island is a thick wood a place where any number of the dreaded savages could hide and shoot down the unwary traveler with the guns and ammunition furnished them by the united states government how i would like to climb to the top of those bluffs and see what is on the other side but the captain says stay within sight of camp and i must obey a narrow escape tuesday june thirteenth cash neely and i created quite a sensation this morning we waited after the train had started to mount our ponies as we usually do cash and i had mounted but neely led her pony and we went down to the river to water them neely found some beautiful wild flowers and she insisted upon gathering them of course we waited for her the train was winding round a bend in the road and the last wagons would soon be out of sight we insisted that she must come the train will be out of sight in five minutes and we may be cut off by savages in ambush she did not scare worth a cent she led her pony into a little hollow to mount when we saw two men coming toward us as fast as they could ride cash rode at an easy canter to meet them while i waited for neelie who was deliberately arranging her flowers so that she would not crush them those men are coming after us perhaps there are indians around she took her time just the same when the captain saw that the train would soon be out of sight he went to mr morrison who was on horseback and said ride quietly back and warn those girls of their danger there are indians around they have been seen by the guard on the island and by the herders in the hollows of the bluffs this morning they would not be safe one minute after the train is out of sight they had kept it quiet as they did not wish to cause unnecessary alarm for they knew there was no danger for the indians knew they were being watched and besides we were too many for them mr morrison started but not quietly he snatched off his hat whipping his horse with it passed mr kerfoot's wagon as fast as his horse could go mr kerfoot asked what is the matter and someone said indians he wound the lines round the brake handle leaped from his high seat on the front of the wagon grabbed the first horse in reach snatched mr gatewood's boy out of the saddle jumped on the horse and came tearing toward us lashing the horse with his long whip his hat flew off soon after he started but he did not know it he passed mr morrison and meeting cash he stopped long enough to bring his whip over her horse's haunches with all his might and sent her flying toward the train he next met me for i started when i saw them coming and was perhaps a hundred yards ahead of neely and stopped and said miss sally do you know that we are in the very worst indian country there is on this road he did not wait for a reply but went on to neely who was looking all about to see the indians he gave her pony a cut with his whip as he had caches and we went flying over the ground neely's merry laughter pealing forth mr kerfoot did not speak to either of us mr morrison had turned back with cash 
and scolded all the way she said he stuttered and stuttered until she had hard work to keep from laughing the captain had stopped the train and we were greeted with loud cheering and hurrahs there was considerable joking about our being anxious for an adventure and the young men were profuse in their declarations about what they would have done if we had been captured by the indians everyone laughed about our narrow escape as they called it except mr kerfoot he was pale and trembling it is a shame that he should have been so unnecessarily frightened by our thoughtlessness and i believe he thinks it was my fault i wonder what he would have thought if i had left neelie to come alone end of section five